Hello, everybody. This is Mike Van Meter, and I want to welcome you today to Recovery is Possible. And I'd like to share with you a short interview I did with a friend of mine, Lori L., who was doing a project for school, and it was talking about happiness. And how do you find happiness? And what are the things that affect the things that make you happy? And I thought it was really good information, and I wanted to share that with you here today. And so, first, this episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat substance use and mental health treatment centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at retreatbehavioralhealth.com or call at 855-802-6600 for more information. So here's my interview with Lori L. But in this case, she's going to be interviewing me, which is kind of a change of pace for this podcast. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome and good day. This is another great podcast by Laura Lee Moore. It's number 23 and today's topic, the joys and happiness in life. Today we have the privilege to welcome Mr. Michael Van Meter. He is a dear friend and a behavioral therapist at Inova Fairfax Hospital with 10 years of experience. To start, I am curious and so are some of my listeners. Michael, what makes some people able to achieve joy and happiness in their lives so much easier than others? I think a big part of it is having a purpose in your life. I think purpose, whatever that may be, once people find out what their purpose on planet Earth is and they feel like they're fulfilled in achieving that purpose, I think that's a big part of happiness. I mean, there's a lot of aspects to it, but I think that that's the start. Do you think that there's any neurological um, things that might control those feelings of joy and happiness? Yeah, I do. Um, I think um, neurology, biology has a lot to do with it. We do know that people that are profoundly unhappy Oftentimes, you know, when we're talking about mental um, health issues like schizophrenia, a major depression and things like that, there's definite neurological, biological and genetic components to that. But we can work on that. We, there's a lot that we can do. And of course, um, uh, alcohol and drugs oftentimes, particularly the depressants, the opiates and alcohol, uh, really hinder a person's ability to experience joy in their life. And there's so much behind that, the neurology, the biology, and and everything else. But like I said, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit, there's a lot that we can do to certainly improve upon that. Being a female, do you think that females are able to feel joy and happiness a little easier than our male counterparts? Well, one of the things in my experience that an advantage that females have over males is just sort of like this, if you want to call it the, the motherly instinct. And I think that Oftentimes, women do things communally like as, as groups. I mean, after all, if you go to, let's just give a simple example. If you go to a group exercise class, like a spin class, a yoga class, a, a Zumba class, it's mostly females, isn't it? Yes, it is. And yes, I think that, you know, and oftentimes when people go like run or exercise, you know, women like to run as a group. Guys like to 
do things on their own. And I think that there's just this natural inclination to want to do things as a group. And oftentimes, I think that women are just better suited at experiencing that joy because they have that support network, that mm-hmm. fellowship, if you will. And I think just women are more, because of the motherly instinct, uh, inclined to be attracted to that. Well, I, I've always said that our Heavenly Father made the females to be the gatherers and the males to be the hunters. So <laughs> maybe the gathering part does help, you know, maybe in our, our able ability to um, share joy and happiness with others. So do you think any outside influences make a difference? Or are we just born with a happy gene, maybe? Oh, I think that uh, there's people are certainly genetically inclined to be prone to one one direction or the other. However, certainly environmental factors have a lot to do with it. For example, if you grew up in a in a war zone and you you were experiencing trauma every single day. We see that from immigrants that are coming over here from Afghanistan. You know, certainly people that grew up in Europe or in Japan um, during the Second World War. Also, uh, in the work that I do, many, many of the patients that I see for addiction have experienced serious trauma, whether it was emotional or sexual trauma. It takes years and a lot of work for people to regain happiness and or experience, in some cases, happiness for the first time. But those influences, those early, particularly childhood influences, can have a devastating negative effect on on someone as as they go through the stages of life. So you're in agreement that um, you think that Therapy is one option for changing your mindset. I guess get happier and more joyful. Yeah, I, I certainly do because oftentimes when people grow up, they they don't learn the healthy coping coping mechanisms. I think that's why addiction is so prevalent in our society, and therapy can help us sort of put a mirror up to ourselves and see. Through, through someone that is not emotionally connected to you. Because, like, for example, let's say that you, uh, if you ask your significant other, you know, my wife, or in your case, your husband, and you ask them um, about, th- you know, therapeutic things, you know, hey, what do you think I should do here? What do you think I should do there? Oftentimes, there's an emotional baggage that goes along with that, and you're not going to get a impartial input. And that's why you want to see an a therapist or a therapist could help rather and somebody that's not emotionally attached to you that can give you honest feedback and can help you utilize healthy tools because we only know what we know and if we grew up say in a dysfunctional family where there was addiction there was abuse there was uh, all sorts of dysfunction how do you know how to live life successfully and ha- and and happily so that's where I think therapy can really benefit somebody that is struggling. Well, I don't know about you, but I know my significant other is not a professional. So the opinions that I think he would want to give me are what he thinks I want to hear, not what would make it make it any better. So I mm-hmm. think a professional will give me an honest opinion from somebody that knows what to do to help me. And you know what? That's a good point. But, but even along with that, let's say that your husband was a professional. There's still no way that your husband could be emotionally attached and give you a truly objective input on whatever the issue may be. Uh, because I am. I've gone to school. I'm, I'm a, a counselor now. But really, I don't think that it, I'm best suited to give my wife advice because as much as I love her, as much as I've been trained, after 34, 35 years of marriage, there's, I, there's no way I can 
completely be impartial on any subject. And so even with my own wife, I would recommend that she see someone other than me for therapy. They always say that <laughs> the worst person that a doctor can see for an issue is a, th- themselves. Well, they, they, they need yeah, to get another doctor. Right? <laughs> they do say that. Yeah, I have heard that. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. So my favorite thing is nutrition Mm -hmm. so do you think that nutrition and maybe your eating habits play a part because i don't know about you but i sure do feel a lot better from the inside if i'm eating properly and uh, getting my exercise do you think nutrition plays a big key oh absolutely no doubt about it nutrition is vital and i know in the recovery world that i live in that's one of the first things that we look at actually without going into all the biology behind it but just take people for that are drinking, for for example. And when people come into a treatment center, they're often just very, very depressed and and just just gloomy. But alcohol is what alcohol is a depressant, right? Right. So you're depressing your central nervous system. But a lot of people don't realize that when you drink alcoholically, the uh, mineral, the GABA levels, serotonin levels, the, all the B series of vitamins one, three, six, and twelve are not even absorbed into your body. And that has a negative impact on your your feelings of well-being, particularly uh, serotonin and GABA. And so nutrition, the way that we do, the, A, we get them to stop drinking, but then nutrition is vital because you have to get all of those vitamins, minerals back up. And along with that, sleeping properly because that's when serotonin is replaced. And that's all done through nutrition. Having the proper balances of electrolytes, vitamins, minerals, all those types of things absolutely impacts your feeling of wellness. That's wonderful. Um, I was raised very spiritual, and most of my friends, especially the ones that tend to be depressed, have no spiritual background at all. So um, do you agree with me that, you know, any spiritual activity also is a, a good idea and does help? Absolutely. Again, in recovery, just to bring it back to that realm, one of the first things that we do in recovery is get someone to work on their spiritual life. Now, do notice that I said spiritual life, not necessarily religious. Mm. Although, Mm -hmm. for many of us, that for me, and I know for you, Mm -hmm. that um, it is religion, my spirituality is tied to my belief in God. However, even if you are someone that's an atheist or agnostic, you can still benefit from that because spirituality means a lot of things. I mean, having a belief in the power, you know, the, the power that's greater than us. I mean, the, the universe is greater than us. The, the earth is greater than us. A, a group of people. If I'm meeting with people that are helping support me get well, whether it's an emotional support group, uh, a recovery group for drugs and alcohol, uh, whatever type of group that you're around, certainly that group of people that are helping you get well is a power greater than yourself. And to really connect and center every single day is vital because that helps you stay connected to what your goal on earth is and realizing that you are just part of this this larger plan for the earth and i'll I'll go a step further and say that for many people myself included part of that connecting spiritually to my god is realizing that my purpose on earth is to help the next person that's suffering god works through people God's message and God's God's goal for all of us is carried out through people on earth. Recognizing your role in that helps you develop that that sense of purpose, which helps uplift your your emotional and mental well-being, I think. I like that you're talking about a purpose because I think 
that's what we're put on the earth for is a purpose. And um, so we need to find that purpose. Um, Also, the friends and the colleagues that you hang around, I think, help. But the older I get, the more I have found that the profession that people choose has a big big start and um, head start when you're younger, like getting out of college, what profession you choose does help in your mental health also. Oh, absolutely. I think that if when you're around negative people, it's just going to, it's energy, right? It's energy. And you don't even have to be a doctor or an expert to understand that if you're around negative people, and we've all experienced that at work or school or in families, if they're negative, it just brings you down. And when you surround yourself with people that are constantly positive, it can't not affect you. And I think that helps us with our mental well-being. We learned a lot today. I want to thank you very much for spending some time with us. I learned I learned some good stuff. I'm ready to run to the gym or run, take a walk or go hang out with some friends. And uh, I hope this podcast helped people a little bit in their understanding of helping with their mental health. And today I would like to close with a quote. When I know I can feel joy all times of my own life, we should do it all together. And we'd like to close with that thought. Have a great day. Thank you so much. And welcome next time to podcast number 24, when my friends will be here to talk about how family influences the health and of happiness and joy in your daily life. Take care. Have a great day. So that's my short interview where Lori L. was interviewing me about happiness. And I know that there's information in there that will help many of you find happiness in your own life. And thanks for joining us here today on Recovery is Possible. Again, I'm Mike Van Meter, and this episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat substance use and mental health treatment centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at retreatbehavioralhealth.com or call at 855 802 6600 for more information. You guys take care of yourselves and I will see you next time.